plan five times. I got the package, didn't I? We need a pickup. Hang on. Grab the light. is the top team. The rogue clones on the run from the Empire, huh? Hello. How juicy. The Empire's growing stronger. We should be doing more. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist and you can have a future. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the order. Then they're traitors, like the Jedi. You all gave up everything because of me. We made the right choice, Omega. But there are others out there who need our help. What sort of treachery is this? Stay back! We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. You know it makes us different. We make our own choices. What do you need, Rex? Any chance I could use you for a mission? Parents, The Bad Batch. New season, streaming January 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. episodes what a great kickoff for 2023 here the return of the bad batch this is we always get really confused by this math is not my strong point i'm i'm not good with numbers at all so it's this is our seven year anniversary but we're so we're and we're starting our eighth year of doing the show yes yes and as long as we can count on our fingers it's still not too bad so if we get past 10 years and we can't count on our fingers anymore, it, maybe we'll stop counting birthdays at that point. Yeah. At that point, we'll just stop numbering the shows, too. It's just like, this is another, I don't know, this is another episode of Blast Points. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's wild thinking that when we started the show, it was like right after The Force Awakens, we were knee-deep in Rebels. Clone Wars coming back seemed like a an impossible dream. And now we're talking about the Bad Batch season two. We're months away from the Mandalorian season three. 
We're looking at a year filled with second season of Star Wars Visions, the return of Indiana Jones, Ahsoka, Skull and Crew. Like, crazy to think that we're still around. We're still here talking about this. I'm already exhausted, and it's only January. <laughs> we got so much left to go this year. We had time off from, like, work, and we were watching, like, a video, like, my wife and I on, oh, the year ahead for Star Wars. And it was just, like, this little, like, oh, here's all the Star Wars projects that are coming in 2023. And my wife was like, seriously, that's that's way too much. <laughs> yeah. remember, remember when Star Wars was done? I do. I do. I'm not – and that's the thing. I'm not complaining. I'm not, like – because, you know, you remember the Angry Birds years and – the the Star Wars M and M's years, it it was calmer back then though. <laughs> Once you had more time to get stuff done, work in the yard, do projects. That's like I can't. It's Bad Batch. I got to get ready for Mando. That's March first. It's gonna be here before you know it. Yeah. Luckily, our our kids are getting old enough. Pretty soon, we'll drop them off at college. And okay, well, Dad's got to get back to Star Wars. We'll see you. We'll see you <laughs> in a few months. Celebration London, you're coming here. We're going to be sitting on a couch for three days watching live stream footage. I guess, yeah, we'll be sleeping during the day and, and up at night. Do the full uh, UK experience in West Eastern Michigan. <laughs> London, Michigan is where we're going to be. It's a crazy time for Star Wars. And yeah, 2023, not messing around. What It was just four days into the year and Bad Batch Season 2 premiered. Now we're we're on to the third episode, which we're going to be talking all about later in the episode. But yeah, finally, after months and months and months of when's Bad Batch Season 2 coming out, is Bad Batch Season 2 ever coming out? Bad Batch Season 2 is here. Remember the panel at Celebration Anaheim when we all thought, well, they're going to tell us a release date at the end. They showed us they showed us footage they showed like a trailer and at the end we were like oh they're gonna tell us a date and it ended with like david collins and the cast up there and it's like the fall <laughs> and the bad batch team by the big room song bad batch season two coming coming this fall on disney plus bad batch season two well, I was convinced it was going to be that day, and they were going to be like, Bad Batch is on Disney Plus starting today. I was only like four months off, <laughs> or five, six months maybe at this point. But here we are. It's January. The Bad Batch is finally back. It's going to be on until just about April. We're going to have all of winter and going into spring with the Bad Batch, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, because especially after, you know, Rebels came back and then even with Resistance for a while, it didn't seem like we would get back to the Clone Wars era. And we did with season eight and then Bad Batch being a continuation of that is crazy. And now Bad Batch season two continuing off of that. Yeah, it's wild that we're still following the story of the clones all these years later. And it's still compelling and fascinating and exciting and as good as clone wars has ever been and that's the thing too it's like star wars animation is continuing to drive the stories forward to move star wars in new directions it's like do not 
ever sleep on Star Wars animation or especially the Bad Batch. Like, I've heard some people be like, oh, I don't care about Bad Batch that much. And maybe that's just like the the stigma of like Star Wars animation that like somehow it isn't real Star Wars or something. Because you know, look at Clone Wars, look at Bad Batch season one, look at Tales of the Jedi, look at Rebels, like what, what's coming later this year. Star Wars animation is the thing that is driving this all forward, teen up new eras, new characters, story points themes that will continue in live action well and you know if you think especially bad batch because it has omega and it's like oh this show's for kids maybe it is but this season gets pretty heavy duty heavy heavy serious stuff mixed in with the goofy fun potentially even some of the heaviest stories that we've gotten from anything star wars it's like this turns into animated Andor a, a couple times. But yeah, we should say before we go forward, of course, yeah, we have seen the first 14 episodes of season two here. We're not going to say anything about anything except for everyone is in for a really good time. It's, season two is amazing. I loved season one. I love season two even more i was really surprised by season two that it is such a kind of companion piece almost to the kind of star wars we got with andor last year where it's star wars storytelling not so much focused on callbacks and cameos not that season one was but it's really story 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 and it is not afraid to get really serious and political at times in this season. I was really shocked by how just kind of like upfront and in your face season two is. And it's great. It reminds season two of Bad Batch reminds me a lot of Clone Wars when Clone Wars would get real serious. Yeah, there's definitely a really good mix of some of the lighthearted fun Bad Batch stories we got in season one mixed in with yeah, like you're saying, some of the best kind of drama that Clone Wars would do. And this really did feel like a, like a Clone Wars Season 9 mixed with Bad Batch Season 2. Yeah, it gets really heavy and dark and serious in, in some of the episodes. And it's really, really good. I mean, whether it's animated or not, a good story is a good story. And, and Season 2 is definitely, yeah, it's up there with some of the best Star Wars of anything. Like you said, too, whether it's animated or not, it's a really good story. And the animation in season two, just as the story has stepped up, the animation in season two looks unbelievable. Like you've already seen it in these first three episodes. There are times when I was watching where it didn't even feel like I was watching animation. I was like, this looks so insanely good. Like, what is going on with Star Wars animation these days? And maybe some of that is just I was so involved in the story that I wasn't even I was involved in with the characters that I wasn't even thinking about. Oh, this is Star Wars animation. I don't know. There's just something the Bad Batch team, the lighting in this show is so good. And we saw it in Bad Batch season one and and they've gotten even better in Bad Batch season two. That as good as Tales of the Jedi looked, Bad Batch season two is like even another level. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful show. And I'm excited to watch all the episodes again. <laughs> I can't wait. 
it, you know, it's the blessing and the curse of being lucky enough to, to see these episodes ahead of time where part of the whole experience though, is freaking out with other fans. We watch these episodes and we're just like freaking out like with each other. <laughs> it's like, oh man, did you? Oh, they're uh, like talking in like hushed tones, like behind like alley in alleyways and stuff, like sending clues by carrier pigeon between Michigan and Illinois. No one will know. It's just carrying on the tradition of Lucasfilm and animation continuing to create new things of course we've talked about it over and over again but it all started with really with the holiday special when they introduced boba fett to the world in the little animated bit in that george lucas's fascination with animation with you know we've talked about a lot twice upon a time where is that where's twice upon a time on disney plus that's what i want to know that's the real question People talking about where's Radioland murders. I hear that every day. But really, where is Twice Upon a Time? We need a, a Lucasfilm Classics section. Last point selections. <laughs> Radioland murders and Twice Upon a Time. Even before that, and this is something we're going to be talking about in next week's episode as a little bit of a, of a hint. George Lucas's student film, Look at Life, which is more of an animated movie than a live action movie with people, I guess, where he just used clippings from Look Magazine and Life Magazine to make his bizarre, weird college Lucas tone poem thing. You mean technically most of Attack of the Clones and almost all of Revenge of the Sith is an animated movie. It just happens to have people inserted over top of the animation. So it's it's the same stuff going all the way back to <laughs> to the student film. And like we said too, Bad Batch season two is the the continuation of the modern era of Lucasfilm animation that began with Clone Wars. I mean, I I posted something on Twitter where it was like just right before Christmas, I was at Trader Joe's, and the checkout person saw I was wearing a Star Wars shirt and a Star Wars jacket. Not too subtle. This person started telling me how they were just started watching the Clone Wars, and they weren't even really that into Star Wars before that. And how much they were loving Clone Wars. And they were in season three. And they're they're like, I just started watching Clone Wars. It's so good. I had no idea it was so good. And that like, does is the rest of the show as good as it is so far? And I'm like, oh man, you have no idea. You're taking your first step into a larger world. Oh, yeah. They got a heck of a ride ahead of them. It's so good that now the Bad Batch is back. Star Wars animation is back. It's going to be with us every week. It's going to be crossing over with the Mandalorian in March. God help us all. And, and the thing is, like we talked about Look at Life, and it's a, we've talked about it over and over again whenever we talk about Bad Batch. But it's good to stress once again that the Bad Batch is still a Lucas creation. Even stuff we're going to see in Season 2 is stuff that they talked about at that Celebration Anaheim 2015 panel with Bad Batch. All the way back then, it's this is all still kind of the last of the the original Lucas kind of storytelling that's out there. Yeah, these are George Lucas characters that are still getting new stories. You know, however many years since he retired from Star Wars, his his quirkiness lives on in these characters.
you're going to watch our four episodes that we shot about a band of clone troopers that are actually different from the rest, different in ways that we've never seen uh, in Clone Wars before. It was an idea George had uh, towards the end of the series and something we were going to go forward with, uh, with more than one episode arc for sure. And it uh, fulfills a promise that, that I kind of had to, to fans of Clone Trooper Echo uh, when he seemed at the Citadel to be doomed. I saw a massive outpouring of depression, especially by the younger clones. And believe me, nothing makes me feel worse. I think the most powerful thing with Star Wars is how it passes from generation to generation. And that's what keeps it so strong and keeps your community so strong. So, like I said earlier, I never rule anything out. Okay, so here we go, where we're talking about the first three episodes of The Bad Batch. And, you know, the show came out last week with the first two. People probably were like, where's Blast Points? How come Blast Points? We're starting with the third episode. Because in our opinion, this is where the story really begins. Yeah, in in an alternate universe, I could almost have seen the season starting with episode three and then going on to one and two because three really is a direct continuation in a way to the, to the finale of, of season one. And it, you know, focusing on crosshair, where's crosshair, what's up with crosshair and giving us a a glimpse of just how serious the tone of this season can get while at the same time being like a greatest hits clone wars episode. Yeah, it's almost like the beginning of Clone Wars season three with the the episode Clone Cadets with ninety nine, where instead of opening with Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka, our main characters of the show, Clone Wars season three just opened up with these clones and ninety nine, and it was such an offbeat kind of interesting and way to start the the Clone Wars season three. And yeah, like you said, in an alternate universe, if Bad Batch Season 2 would have opened with the Solitary Clone, today's episode, and then jumped to 1 and 2 with all the Bad Batch hijinks on the beach and with the old man and everything. I don't know, that it could have easily worked. The Bad Batch Season 2 is a bigger story than Season 1. And like we said, this is where the story of the season really kind of kicks off. Yes, it's about what we saw in Episodes 1 and 2, with the family of the Batch and Omega and Clone Force 99. That is extremely important. But as the season goes on, this crosshair story becomes just as important. Well, and that's the same with season one, where as much as it was about this found family of Omega and her and her clone dads seeing what happened to Crosshair and Crosshair's interactions with the, the you know, other clones and the, and the Empire and Stormtroopers and all that is as much what the show is about. So, again, that's why with season two, it didn't feel like the season really started until we saw what was going on with Crosshair. And that's one of the reasons we really wanted to wait into episode three to get into this, because he is as much part of the Bad Batch as anyone else still and potentially as big a part of the story as, you know, the rest of the Bad Batch and Omega combined. So 
it's not the Bad Batch until you find out what's going on with Crosshair. Well, and like we saw in today's episode, everything going on with Cody and the other clones besides Crosshair and the isolation that Crosshair is feeling just kind of amplified as the clones are starting to, like Cody said, almost acknowledge what happened in the past and start to ask questions about their future. Now that the war is over, in a bunch of air quotes there, how do the clones fit in? And how does Crosshair fit in with this new empire? Where does the Bad Batch fit in? Where The Bad Batch have each other, but Crosshair is alone. And it's, like we said, it's a big story that really starts with this one. And it's a story of a family, of a messed up family that like has like an uncle that they that nobody talks to it's the flip side of the season finale of omega telling crosshair that he's her brother too you're still their brother crosshair you're my brother too i mean some time has passed but technically it's immediately after the season finale and we'll get into it when we get into that episode but really once you hit this third episode that's kind of a good you know bookend to what happened in the finale of season one and after this now we're kind of moving the story forward it's like one two and three also are taken as a whole as like a you know a 90 minute little mini star wars movie of kind of catching up with all the characters from season one it's all so Star Wars too when you when you step back and look at it because there's all the the big Star Wars stuff in there all the the major food groups of Star Wars nutrition you know there's choice and mentors and parents and I, I like when the Bad Batch season two trailer came out like a month or so ago and at the end it's parents the Bad Batch because <laughs> this I mean this season overall could almost be called parents the bad batch like if season two had like a a subtitle it would be parents because it's it's almost like a family of these misfit clones in like the most difficult time of the year like this is like our house burned down or something and (laughs) the dog died and all this horrible stuff is happening and how do we keep the family together it's a family drama that happens to have star wars stuff in it which is kind of all of Star Wars. <laughs> right. Okay, so episodes one and two, they came out last week. It it really is a perfect welcome back to the Bad Batch. It's a big refresher on why we love these characters and this show. Let's, let's talk about episodes one and two, even though they came out last week. And you've probably, by the time you're listening to this, have watched it 25, maybe 30 times. But it starts out on uh, this tropical island, and we see the Batch running on the beach, and they got some case for Sid. So we learn right away they're still working for Sid and doing jobs for her. We cut to Omega, who is studying Imperial ships with tech, and there's these giant crabs chasing them. It's classic Bad Batch action. They All the action of them escaping, which is all really fun. Well, and this was neat to see again because this – Part of the episode is what they showed at Celebration. And this has been running 
on loop in our minds for, for months and to finally get to see it, you know, for real in the episode was nice. Get that out of my head. And watching it too, I had the same thoughts I had watching it in that big arena in Anaheim where it's like, God, this show looks amazing and nice little visual cues that some time has passed. Omega's hair is longer. Her relationship with the batch is kind of different. I like that she's doing school with tech. That's really, that's really nice learning about Imperial ships. And yeah. And then they go back to Sid's place and I like that AZ three is working at the bar. Yeah. I was happy to see him. Even though he's just kind of floating in the background, I was happy to see he was there. We briefly meet Fee, who is Sid's mysterious buddy, who will have a lot to do with the season later as it goes on. And then what Sid tells them about this new mission where they got to go to Sereno Cheese, Count Dooku's old palace to get a war chest of Dooku's riches before the Empire takes it all. And this kind of sets into motion like this whole thing of like, this is like the biggest treasure they've gone after, which is really cool that it's Dooku's old stuff. And if they get this treasure chest of Dooku's riches, they can either use that to buy themselves peace and kind of independence from doing odd jobs for Sid or the debate of do they use that for the greater good to help the other clones out there that are suffering in the galaxy. And this kind of like what happens in the third episode is a big thing for season two. All of season one, I remember even in our weekly kind of recap episodes for season one, we were just like, oh, they're doing another mission for Sid. And like, shouldn't they be doing more? And it was good to hear just in that first episode of what Echo being like, we should be doing more. Right, because that's still another a, a big part of the of the show is yeah what what should the clones be doing with their their abilities and what's the right thing to do for Omega is it the right thing to do to let her be a normal child and have a nice life or is it the right thing to do to help as many people in the galaxy as they can because they're uniquely they have unique skills that they can help a lot of people with and yeah it was nice to see that okay they didn't forget about that and that's still a part of the show and still a part of these characters trying to figure out who and what they are at this point. And that's kind of, it's parents, the bad batch where Hunter is saying flat out, you know, that's not the kind of future this kid deserves with talking about putting themselves in danger and going out into the galaxy and sticking it to the empire and trying to help clones that, could harm Omega. I know why you agreed to this mission, but we can do better things with Dooku's fortune than hide, Hunter. With what we're up against, we have to be prepared to fight. That means numbers and weapons. That's not the kind of life this kid deserves. Our lives are like this because of Omega. Taking her off Kamino was the right thing to do, but there are others out there who need our help. We've seen what the Empire's doing throughout the galaxy. We should be doing more. And then they cut to Omega, who's sitting there listening to all this. Almost like listening to mom and dad fighting. Sad Omega. <laughs> it's parents the Bad Batch. It's this dysfunctional family. 
And there's tensions about, like, what are we doing? And they're not saying that, like, we shouldn't have Omega or, like, we'd be better off without her or anything. It's like, how does she fit into what we're doing? And it's, you know, it's, again, the Star Wars four major food groups. There's selfishness versus selflessness right there in this conversation between Hunter and Echo. So they do the mission. They sneak onto a transport. They find the treasure. I like that they're talking about this much treasure could corrupt people and they're like, depends on how you use it. And it's like, oh man, you're really, you're, you're really hammering that point home. Well, I just have to say too, it's kind of crazy how much, I guess, end of 2022, beginning of 2023 is all about Dooku with Tales of the Jedi being fresh in our minds. And now this episode being all about going back to, to Sereno and Dooku's palace and talking about Dooku and seeing Dooku's like office from old episodes of Clone Wars. Like who would have thought that we would be getting our, our Dooku Renaissance so soon. And then Dooku had like a trap door underneath his desk, like a James Bond supervillain. Did, didn't he use the trap door in Clone Wars? If it isn't Count Dooku. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought I sensed an unpleasant disturbance in the Force. I see you freed, young Skywalker. Where might he be if you weren't always around to rescue him? Your ship is surrounded, Count. Republic troops are boarding as we speak. Jedi fools. I should have seen that coming. What are you doing? Following him. Not that way. We need to cut him off. You cut him off. I'll follow him and meet you at the hangar. Why do I even try? I thought he did because when they were in there, I was like, why don't they use the trapdoor? And then they found the trapdoor. So unless just in my late nights laying in bed, oh, what if Dooku had a trapdoor? Or I, it was something in Clone Wars that I remembered. I don't know. So they get caught. The transport takes off. Uh, the batch... Half the batches in Dooku's old throne room, and then what Omega, Echo, and Tech, they escape in a little cargo container. There's the great cliffhanger ending. What's going to happen as they're falling onto the planet of Sereno Cheese? I, I, yeah, I wouldn't exactly say they escape. They basically get ejected from the ship in a in shipping crates that are falling from the sky. So there, there's better ways to escape than that. That's true. That's true. So then we go into the second episode. Yeah, so the second episode continues immediately from the first one. They're falling from the sky in these crates. Uh, and as while we're waiting for them to crash on the ground, Wrecker and Hunter use the trapdoor that may or may not have been in a Clone Wars episode. And the, uh, the little rockets kick in. The crate more or less lands safety on the ground. But Tech uh, looks like he breaks his leg. And they're basically on the ground, but the ground is the edge of a cliff. So not all is well for that half of the group yet. And then we get Hunter and Wrecker kind of hiding in the ruins of the city on Sereno. And we kind of see that the Empire looks like they left Dooku's palace alone because it was full of treasure. But the everything else in the city has kind of been bombed and destroyed. Then we cut back to the crate group, Omega, Tech, and Echo, and they're out of the crate. They're hunting through the woods, and they come across Romar, who is a kindly old man who kind of looks Dooku-ish. It's like everyone on Sereno, I guess, looks like Count Dooku. So 
<laughs> maybe it's like it's like dwarves in Lord of the Rings. They all kind of look the same. Like maybe everyone on Sorrento looks like Dooku. And he's voiced by uh, Hector Elizondo, who is been in what hundreds of movies and TV shows, probably. So they're kind of continuing the the trend of getting some of these uh, heavy hitter actors to come in and play these random little bit part people. Hector Elizondo, let's not forget, too, played John Flint in Beverly Hills Cop 3, which, of course, featured the amazing cameo from George Lucas. Excuse me. Hey! That's not fair. Maintenance, I gotta go grease the chain. Yeah, dry sound? Sorry. Come on, let's go. (sighs) Yeah, so maybe, maybe back on... Beverly Hills Cop 3, he was like, yeah, I'll get you in a Star Wars someday. And it took <laughs> all these years. Yeah, I could have seen Hector Elizondo 100% in the prequels. Yeah. The, right? Doesn't he seem like somebody who would have showed up in the prequels as like a senator or something? Yeah, he would have been a great senator. Yeah, maybe George Lucas is pulling the strings behind. They're like, George, we're starting Bad Batch Season 2. Any tips or tricks? You gotta get Hector Elizondo. I lost a bet. On Beverly Hills Cop 3 with him. I owe him a role. He was over at me and Melody's place last week. Bit of BBQ. He's a good guy. <laughs> hey! Come on, let's go. Hey! Okay, sorry. Back to episode two. Sorry, we got sidetracked there with Hector Elizondo. So Hunter and Wrecker are still trying to escape, and they're being hunted by the other clones, but they come across some old Separatist tanks. So, hmm, what what... What are they going to do with those? Then we cut back to to the old man in his little house in the woods. And Omega's learning about where the money came from. And they're kind of talking about, it's like Omega wants to complete the mission. She wants the money. But the old man's kind of explaining that Dooku didn't just steal from other people. He stole from his own people. And that just kind of the the evils of these war chests and, and blood money from wars. And kind of getting into some heavy stuff here with Omega. But then, you know, what he shows her how a kaleidoscope works, which I don't think I would ever imagine seeing a kaleidoscope in Star Wars. You know, and the animation on that kaleidoscope, that was a moment where I was just like, someone had to animate that. And that looks really cool. It's neat, too, because it's kind of letting Omega be a kid. You get the sense that, like, parents, the Bad Batch... Tech is like, okay, we're going to teach about Imperial ships and here's how you fire your crossbow. And it's kind of like they're training her like clones were probably trained on Kamino, where little Boba Fett clones on Kamino probably didn't have much time to like be a kid or just look into a kaleidoscope, you know? Well, yeah, because it's really they are trying to be parents, but the only way they know how to be parents is how they were parented which was yeah Kaminoan is teaching them how to be soldiers and here we get this little break with this old man who probably has kids or grandkids and and sees this child and is trying to let her be a kid and gives her a toy which the only other the only toy she has is a is a laser crossbow (laughs) she has her stuffed animal that's true in her little place and that was it was a nice moment in season one when Wrecker kind of decorated her little part of the ship and everything. But it's it's something that keeps going throughout this season. And it's a neat thing with the like we said, as heavy as this season does get, 
what starts here with Omega and the kaleidoscope is also a running theme throughout the rest of the show. Well, another nice moment in this episode, too, is uh, Tex helping the old man fix this hard drive databank thing with, you know, memories of the of the Sereno people. And Tech is still kind of stuck in war mode and calling it separatist history or separatist memories. And, you know, the old man reminding him that they weren't always separatists. They've that was just during the war they were called that. Before that, there was, you know, generations and generations where they were just people on Sereno and kind of tying back to the whole Clone Wars uh and even Revenge of the Sith, the heroes on both sides kind of thing, which ties in uh you know, as when we get to episode three as well, of like the separatists are just people just like the Republic and the war we now know was all fabricated by Palpatine just to get into power. And that these people who were, you know, some people for their whole life enemies aren't really enemies or any different from each other and kind of reminding you that whole part of this story and kind of teaching the clones that because from their perspective, they've always just been fighting the separatists their whole lives. And again, it's another huge theme going forward of, Palpatine did not care who he stepped on and who he used to get more power and to hold on to his power and get revenge on the Jedi. It's dark and it's heavy, but that's echoed all throughout this season. Well, and not everything is dark and heavy because the next scene here we get uh, the the clone tanks don't work. So Wrecker cobbles together some sort of like hand cannon using parts from the separatist tank and always my favorite thing in bad batch it was they did it in season one and they did it in this one where the bad batch is always using stun blasts because they don't want to hurt their brothers the clones but every once in a while wrecker gets something and doesn't care so it's like hunters running around stunning everyone while wrecker's shooting them with exploding missile lasers <laughs> It's just always makes me laugh in those scenes where it's like they're trying not to hurt anyone, but really Wrecker doesn't care. <laughs> I, I and I had forgotten about the the massive amounts of stun in season one when I when in watching season two, and I just I love that stun sound so much, and it's just heaven hearing it over and over and over again. But back you know back to the container Omega because she's still just obsessed with this mission because she's so sad from what echo said and she wants to get the money so they can be happy and that she won't be a burden. So of course she escapes, tries to get some of the gold and treasures out of the container. Tech goes after her, even though he has a hurt leg, echo goes after her. There's some ship action, but the crate starts to fall and a little hint. There's definitely some Indiana Jones, Ness going on this season, and is this the first of of it? It gets a little Last Crusade there with her trying to reach for the for the treasure as the as the earthquake is going off. I think it's pretty blatant. Where like don't they even say like let it go? Yeah, and then they play the Force theme a little bit. Indiana, Indiana, let it go. Surprise! More there's more of that to come this season. The old man gives Omega the kaleidoscope. Uh, he says he's a, he's a survivor. He's going to stay. They all get in the ship and uh, they fly away. And you think it's a happy ending. And it is for a second. Echo tells Omega he would do it all over again for her so that she understands that he wasn't mad at her. 
So, yeah, it's not all uh, sunshine and rainbows. We cut to the Imperial base and the clone commander from the mission uh, is talking to Jerkface Rampart. And Rampart says there is a problem with his report and his report mentions the Bad Batch. And Rampart told everyone he killed the Bad Batch and he needs the Bad Batch removed from the report. And the clone commander, of course, being a good clone commander, says he can't falsify a report. And Rampart basically says he doesn't care because he shoots him and, like, kicks him off a balcony. <laughs> that, that goofball Rampart. Yeah, yeah. So he's ramparting it up still and causing trouble uh, trying to keep his secret. Because, he, yeah, he thought that he killed the Bad Batch on Camino at the end of season one. But surprise, surprise, Lando in disguise. The Bad Batch is still out there causing problems. Yeah, and Rampart cannot look bad and he will do anything to cover up his boo-boo of saying that he killed the Bad Batch. So that brings us right up to today's new episode, the third one, The Solitary Clone, where yeah, we're dealing with Crosshair, his isolation. It's just like what we talked about again in Andor, what's going on with Crosshair. It's the prison of the mind. It's the same kind of situation where Crosshair is in this episode. He is in the prison of the mind. He is stuck in his head of his loyalty to this new empire. He is not getting reality at all. According to him, like he said at the end of season one, right? His chip is out, but he's made the choice of being loyal to the empire. But just like we saw in Andor, you can't ignore the changing galaxy. You can't ignore the threat of the empire. No one can just go about things the way they've always done their life now. Well, and loyalty is a two-way street and you can't be loyal to someone who's not loyal back to you, which I think is a kind of a theme of this whole season of what does loyalty mean and how does it work? It's the really interesting thing that starts in three and moves through the entire season too is talking about that loyalty in this time, this very unique time in star Wars history where that was the thing going into the season. I hadn't really thought about, I think what they say they're like months or so, like six months or so after season one ended something around that area. Rampart says that crosshair was stranded on Camino for 32 rotations so however long 32 rotations is in Star Wars, plus however much time he was recovering from his injuries. So I looked it up and a rotation is like 24 hours. It's like a day. So he was stranded there for like a month. Yeah. And then it's probably been a few weeks of him uh, recuperating. So we're just, yeah, a m- month or two past season one. So we're still... In the very, very, very early days of the Galactic Empire, we're like, I don't know, months into the Empire, which we saw in the first two episodes and we see in this third one. It's like a weird mix of stormtrooper cadets and clones still out there. There's still a lot of clones hanging around. There's no TIE fighters yet. There's no like original trilogy Star Destroyers or anything 
we're still very much in that Clone Wars kind of era. And it's just fascinating. Well, this episode, too, in addition to it's like it's heavy drama, it's heavy action, and there's so many battle droids, and it really is a, a Clone Wars episode in reverse because, as we see at the beginning of the episode, our potential good guys, heroes, is the the governor of this planet, Desix, who takes the Imperials and the Stormtroopers hostage using their battle droids back from when they were Separatists. And this whole episode is the clones versus the battle droids, but this time the clones aren't necessarily the good guys and the battle droids aren't necessarily the bad guys. And I, I love that the governor, Tawny Ames of Desix, again talking about Dooku. It's, like, it's the Dooku Renaissance where in... The first two episodes where they're talking about the the evils of Count Dooku and how Dooku like ruined Sereno cheese and the whole thing. Dooku's treasure is cursed and all that stuff. Here we have somebody who's looking at Dooku as a hero and someone who was anti-Empire and was trying to save the galaxy from what it has now become, the Empire. It's just fascinating from one episode to the next, two completely different points of view on looking at the separatists. Just digging in on the idea that, you know, there's hero, there's good and bad people on both sides that as there are in any war. And especially this one, because it wasn't a real war. It was just everyone being manipulated by the emperor. And now everybody is suffering for it. So that goofball rampart, what he calls Crosshair into his office and he says he's got to go to Desix, take out the governor, do whatever is necessary. And Crosshair is just like, okay, well, how many troops am I commanding? What's the deal? And goofball rampart is like, no, no, no. Your new commander is Commander Cody. He doesn't tell him that, but then he goes and he meets with Cody and Cody's going through some stuff. Well, and we can't forget before we get ahead of ourselves, too, that it does start out super sad where Crosshair is all alone. He goes to eat breakfast and the other clones won't even sit with him. They leave when he sits at the table. So the, this is called the solitary clone for a reason because he's alone in basically every way you can be alone. So and it feels like, yes, talking to Cody's probably the first clone he's talked to since he talked to the Bad Batch. Like he's in a bad place. So. That memorial wall at the clone base, was that ever in Clone Wars or is that new from Bad Batch? Because it looks like they have kind of like almost like the Vietnam Memorial kind of a big wall with the names of clones that were killed in the war. Because that kind of makes its appearance here and there. Do you remember that? Was that in Clone Wars? No, I don't remember ever seeing that before. I feel like that's a new thing. Again, could be wrong. Probably are, probably are wrong. but Because I think this base... Was in Clone Wars? Like, this is where Ahsoka was running around when she got arrested, I feel like? Maybe I'm just imagining this. But, yeah, there's they're, they're standing in front of basically this memorial wall. Cody is talking about how he's, you know, there's clones are starting to question Order 66 and kind of realizing what they did and, and wondering if it was the right thing. And what Crosshair says, well, if they are, then they're traitors like the Jedi, that really touches a nerve for Cody. It's like, boom. <laughs> Cody keeps his cool. And I don't, I thought this was fascinating that we're still learning more about what the heck the order 66 thing did to the clones. 
we've talked about it at length in episodes in the past. Like, so what the, are the clones after order 66? Are their personalities gone? Is all the individual individuality gone? Because it kind of seemed that way in past stuff. And I feel like this is kind of new information that as a month or months go on past order 66, that the clones are kind of like waking up from the spell almost of like, what did I do? Like they can remember order 66 and killing the Jedi, but they're starting to think like, I don't think that was right. They just keep making it even more sad because, it, you know, end of the Clone Wars, it was already sad that like, you know, the clones were the, the real victims of the Clone Wars. They were manipulated. They had to do these horrible things. And then, you know, we thought, well, then they lose their individuality and they're like, you know, robots at this point or whatever. But now we realize that not only did that happen is they kind of come out of it and now they have to live with the guilt of what they did because they know what they did and have memories of it, even though at the time they kind of didn't have control over their actions. So yeah, it just keeps getting sadder. But yeah, I was really surprised with this episode too, is I was assuming with the trailer, like, oh, they're bringing Cody back. Cody's going to be on the same page as Crosshair. And it's kind of like, okay, we know that Rex got out. He got his chip out. Rex is still a good guy. And now Cody's a bad guy. We saw him in Revenge of the Sith be the bad guy. But now we're realizing that, no, Cody's kind of... He's still Cody. He's still who we remember from Clone Wars and, and which again is even more kind of tragic and sad. Like, you know, there's, it's a heavy season. Well, even all the clones. Yeah. They're all kind of, they're waking up to realize that not only did they murder their best friends, their leaders in battle, but also they have almost no place in this new empire. And the clones are the real victims. And this is something we're going to be talking about more in future episodes of Blast Points as the show goes on. But it just adds yet another layer to the clone story that is just fascinating. And it made me think of, too, of the Tem cameo in Obi-Wan when people are just like, why didn't he kill him? And it's like, well, Order 66 only lasted maybe like a little bit. And it faded away for the clones. Yeah, it's it's almost like the chip, you know, released a, a drug or something into them that only had a limited effect. And after, yeah, after so much time, either the chip stopped working or just it was never meant to last forever. And, yeah, they're coming to their senses and, and realizing that things aren't what they thought. And I think Crosshair gives his, his good soldiers follows orders line, which in his mind, I think he feels like as long as he's a good soldier and he follows orders. Everything is going to be fine. Cause that's all he knows. And I think we're learning that it depends on whose orders you're following as much as how well you follow them. Is it just the, the tip of the storytelling that they, they go with all of this. It's li literally biting my tongue. <laughs> but it's again, it's not all doom and gloom pretty much right after this scene. Uh, we start to get into some fun stuff because they get on their on their shuttle. They fly to Desix, and then we get like 20 minutes of old school Clone Wars action in reverse. I was so happy just to see a tactical <laughs> droid. You know, I love tactical droids. I, know, I, know. What I think the, the number one thing I love about tactical droids is they totally have a 1950s robot voice like. There are clones. Well, we get the tactical droid, tactical droid voice. We get 
regular old battle droids and Matt Wood battle droid voice is back. We get Droidica, Destroyer Droids back. This episode, I don't know if you noticed, had like every kind of binocular view you could. There was like Separatist droid binocular view. There was clone binocular view. There was Crosshair's visor kind of weird binocular view. There was his sniper rifle sniper view. It was just all all the greatest hits going on in this episode. The secret parts of the Star Wars major food groups. Binocular views and every type of battle droid. Yeah, commando droids show up doing commando droid stuff. There's amazing stuff like in the stairwell with the the crazy reflector pads. Oh, yeah. Crosshair, all I need is one good shot. and <laughs> So good. Well, and don't forget for before that there was the other stairwell scene with the with the clones versus the destroyer droids, which ended with I think this was it Crosshair or Cody that throws the the grenade that sticks to the battle droid who falls slowly through the shield and then explodes to take out the, the destroyer droid. The introduction of the destroyer droids was so good too, because you just hear them and all of us watching the show where I was like, Oh man, here come the, the destroyer yeah. droids. And then they come rolling in and you're just like, welcome back, sweet friend. Yeah. In, in headphones, it was great. Cause you could hear them like rolling around in, in one ear. Like, wait, no, really? Yep, oh, there they are. The CNC whoop ass factory, the crosshair Cody whoop ass factory, gonna make you sweat. <laughs> just going through the whole bit. It's just, it's for fans of the Clone Wars, it's, it's heaven because it is just two great clones going through. And I am saying this episode is very, very subtly clever by pairing crosshair with cody and sending them on this mission and coding it in all of our favorite clone wars prequel stuff we're rooting for crosshair again we're looking at crosshair as a hero in this episode and we're feeling very sympathetic for crosshair which we already did at the end of season one a little bit but I remember in season one, we were like, oh, Crosshair is like the villain, but we haven't seen Crosshair in like six episodes. But now all of a sudden in season in the third episode of season two, the episode is really making us care, sympathize with Crosshair. Well, again, the last time we saw him in season one was, you know, Omega's speech about how he's her brother, too. And just before that, he had saved her from drowning, didn't he? Like he, you know, the good good crosshair still in there under the surface a little bit and yeah this episode yeah it's like i'm rooting for cody i'm rooting for cody and crosshair who you know cody tried to kill obi-wan so <laughs> you know it's kind of like yeah no totally no and cody shows up and we're like oh man cody and cody just hints that he has regret for what happened and you're just like oh i, I knew it cody i i, I felt for you all along <laughs> Which if you would ask me in 2005 how I felt about Commander Cody, I'd be like, guy's a doo-doo head. He's on the list. But here we are, early in the morning, rooting for Cody and Crosshair. Get them battle droids. Such a good episode. Such a good episode. So finally, they they do all the ricochet stuff. It's like Atari 2600 combat with the ricochet thing, and they take out the tactical droid. And then out comes Ames, and she has the Imperial governor hostage. Yeah, she she, she starts name-dropping the deep cuts here and talking about how she was 
with Senator Mina Bontari, who is the mom of Lux Bontari from the episode of Clone Wars, I think Heroes on Both Sides, where there was, I think she was a separatist senator and they were like trying to actually pass a resolution in the Senate to like get rid of, to end the war and basically saying how they tried the peaceful solution and, and, and Chancellor Palpatine said no. Which for everyone playing at home, that is the Onderon arc. Yes. And with, yeah, Lux Bontari. Well, and don't forget Saw Guerrera from Onderon as well. Bringing it all home. In case you forgot that Bad Batch is really part of Clone Wars. They keep reminding you this season. But yeah, nasty Imperial governor is like, no, kill her, kill her. And Cody can't do it. Cody even, I think, talks to her. He's like, he's tired of the killing. He's tired of the fighting. And he wants a peaceful solution. And he talks her into it. Yeah, they're like, peace was never an option. And I love Cody putting away his his blaster and saying, well, it is now. And she lets the governor go. And the gov, the imperial guy, is ordering Cody to execute her, and then cold-blooded crosshair kills her, and what put her body in the square, let it be a warning to the rest of them. Is what the imperial guy says again, reeking of Andor. Yeah, and then you know immediately the stormtroopers take over. Not the clones. The stormtroopers take over. A bunch, a couple more ships, the stormtroopers take over. And, and as, you know, Cody's walking back to the ship, kind of us seeing how quickly the Empire swooped in and how quickly these new stormtroopers are kind of taking over. And it all comes to a head at the end when CNC Whoopass Factory is talking, Cody and Crosshair. And Cody is like, this new Empire. Are we making the galaxy better? And then he goes on saying, you know what makes us different than battle droids? We make our own decisions, our own choices, and we have to live with them too. Yeah. And then just to rub it all in, the episode ends with Crosshair back in his room, eating alone, the solitary clone again. And he's called back into Goofball Rampart's office. He's got a new mission. Oh, am I going to be teamed with uh, Cody again? Are we getting the, the CNC whoop-ass factory together? No, he's gone AWOL. And the episode just ends with the solitary clone, Crosshair, walking alone through a hallway. And that's the wonderful thing with these first three episodes of Bad Batch Season 2, where you take the ending of that second episode with the happy family, the dysfunctional happy family of Clone Force 99 and Omega, Kind of being like, well, we'll get through it. If we all stick together, we'll all make it. And then, you know, the like we said, the uncle that nobody talks to in the family, Crosshair. And the writing on the wall, literally, of where his life is going, where his future is going. And how these two stories are going to be told side by side going forward. It's really what makes this season so good. Yeah, and, it, and I think, you know, if you just watched the first two episodes or you just watched this third episode, you're only kind of getting half of the picture. And, and these three together, yeah, is really like this is season two right here in three episodes. And which is a continuation of what season one was. It's just that that contrast and of what's happening with Crosshair and the Empire and what's happening with the Bad Batch crew and Omega. 
and it's not you know we talked a lot about how this season is heavy and stuff and yeah there there are some pretty lighthearted fun episodes too but it almost makes the lighthearted fun stuff that we're going to see in the season almost more lighthearted and fun because it stands out more and it's just like well this was just a fun episode there's going to be some of those coming up but <laughs> the the fun episodes are even more fun and the heavy episodes are even more heavy there you're you'll be sinking to the bottom of the ocean in camino heavy this third episode is is one of them before we start to wrap this all up with season two of bad batch here's a question for both of us we'll start with you if someone was kind of middle of the road with bad batch season one perhaps they watched these three episodes and they're intrigued they've listened to this episode they've gotten this far why should they stick with the rest of season two if they were well, I thought Bad Batch was okay, but it's like not as good as Andor or Mandalorian or something. Why is season two different? I think it's more if if you were into Clone Wars and weren't into Bad Batch, this season seems like a really good mix of the two. As much as Bad Batch was very much a sequel to Clone Wars, it kind of was its own thing. And this season feels like everything that was great about Bad Batch mixed with everything that was great about Clone Wars. And I think if you're not into Star Wars animation, it's probably not going to make you like Star Wars animation. But if you were a fan of a previous animated show and maybe weren't all in on Bad Batch season one, that this this season might change your mind. I think we all still kind of have Andor on the brain and probably will for a while. But I think the delaying of this season and having it come out after Andor, I think just makes bad batch season two even better because it's like we said in the very start of this episode it almost feels like it's picking up the ball from andor and still running with it in that it is not afraid to be political it's not afraid to talk about heavy stuff but it still has the star wars four major food groups all throughout it well and that's a good point too with with this season kind of in a way you know being more like clone wars that if there's an episode you watch and you're not into it don't stop the show. There's a good chance that the next week's episode is going to be different enough that you might be into it. Kind of like how Clone Wars was, where each arc could go from character to character. And, and if there was ones that you weren't quite as hot on, there's a good chance that something else you were going to like. And even though this season is still all about the Bad Batch, it does go, it expands the story other directions that, yeah, could be very interesting The people that... uh Really liked Andor. Let's here we go. It's Star Wars twenty twenty three. Here we go. There's, <laughs> we're on the roller coaster now. There's the the safety bar has lowered. We just we're on rock and roller coaster. We're just waiting for it to go off to take off. Well, it's like imagine there's a roller coaster that somehow doesn't have like you going up the hill. It just starts at the top and immediately you're free falling. <laughs> That's that's 2023. We're starting in the free fall and it's not going to stop anytime soon. So put your arms up and start screaming, basically.
the Clone Wars. The droid army has launched a full-scale attack, but clone reinforcements have just arrived. It's the massive all-terrain tactical enforcer. The ATTE has enough firepower to take down the droid army with projectile launchers, a main blaster cannon, and room enough to carry an entire squad of clone troopers into battle. Move out, let's go! The droid army doesn't stand a chance with the ATTE. ATTE comes with one figure, other figures sold separately, batteries not included. Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. And these blast points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. podcast reviews when you get done listening to this episode we'd love it if we could start out the new year with some fresh new tasty apple podcast reviews leave a five-star review write a little something nice it helps more people find blast points when they're looking for star wars podcasts and it brings warm feelings to our hearts reading all of your reviews and make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com, and that you're following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're a member of our Super Chill group. And if you want to support the show in a different way, you know we've got the Blast Points Army over there on Patreon. That is where the Bad Batch love is going to be. Still kicking after this episode, we are going to have lots of Bad Batch episode recaps over there. All the way until, <laughs> like, almost April. Some, maybe sometimes we'll do double episodes. We'll Sometimes we'll do single ones. Who knows? We're like Indiana Jones. We're, I don't know, we're making this up as we go. So, But, yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of stuff on uh, the Patreon this year. And there's going to be a lot of fun stuff on the regular show, too. We, we haven't forgotten about keeping it crazy. And there's some uh, craziness coming. Yeah, starting next week, there's going to be a string of some pretty crazy episodes over here on Blast Point. Some stuff we've been waiting for a while to do. And yeah, it's going to be a busy year with The Mandalorian, all the shows. I mean, in celebration from my couch in June, we're going to be dedicating the entire month of June to Indiana Jones with tons of fun stuff. Well, and we haven't forgotten, it's the... 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, a movie that we're, we think's okay. Yeah. And while we're not doing a specific Return of the Jedi year, we learned our lesson from Attack of the Clones year. Yeah. And really, isn't every year on Blast Points Return of the Jedi year? Yeah, it really is. But we are going to have, maybe more than usual, a lot of Return of the Jedi episodes. If, that, if that's even possible. 
we have found more, if you can believe it, things to talk about Return of the Jedi. We're, yeah, we're, there's a lot of Return of the Jedi stuff coming up, and we're not forgetting about the 40th anniversary of possibly the greatest Star Wars movie of all time, depending on what day of the week it is or what time of the day it is. But that about wraps up number 340. Bad Batch is back. Blast Points is back. CNC Music Factory is back. <laughs> They're going to make you sweat. Star Wars is going to make you sweat in 2023. Yeah, the Bad Batch is still a good batch. And uh, yeah, there's not a bad one in the batch. So on that note, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. two versions too because the video had the lady who wasn't singing no no they just changed they had to change the credits i remember because it was like the lady in the video wasn't the lady who was singing so they had to give credit to the lady who was singing in the video cnc music factory canon it's a whole it's a whole thing may the force be with all of you